0: Tonight, I've been talking a lot about memory. So, I want us to do a little activity. I would like everyone to close their eyes. We're going to go on a little journey. We're going to journey back to the most recurring memory you have of your childhood. It may be a happy event. It may be a traumatic event. Or it may be just a neutral memory that you go to often. And take a moment and revel in that memory. What does it look like? Is it day or is it night? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? Take a moment and just be in that spot. Now open your eyes. Here's the challenge. Your memory that you just had is not how the event originally occurred. What you just remembered was not accessing the past, but rather it was a recreation of your perception of the past. Jonah Lehrer the popular neuroscience writer, he reported on some scientific findings regarding the reconsolidation theory of memory retrieval, which argues that every time that memories are called, the brain actually needs to recreate the memory, just as it did when the memory was originally formed. Now, this theory, it's counter to every theory that has come before Since the time of the ancient Greeks, people have always imagined that memories are a stable information that persists reliably, almost like when we take a digital picture, and then we pull up the JPEG five years later on our computer, shocked to see this picture, can't believe how different we look, and the ones and the zeros, they translate into a perfect picture that recreates that moment pixel for pixel. For thousands of years, the theory has been that once a memory is formed, it'll stay the same. This is why we trust our recollections and our memories. And when we think back to our experiences as kids or growing up in our homes, we may talk about these memories and these recollections. We may talk about them with family, with friends, in therapy. And we may spend year after year recounting that one persistent memory that is so vivid that it feels as if we are back in that moment. And I see this often. I see people who are angry or upset, oftentimes about their parents or maybe a sibling, something that happened not last week, not last year, but. 10, 20 years ago, and it's as if they're stuck on that one moment. In the past decade, scientists have come to realize that our memories and our recollections of the past are not what they were when the moments actually occurred. We think of these memories as remaining constant and they're not. John Lair, he writes, quote, "Scientists have recently learned that the very act of remembering it changes the memory itself." New research is showing that every time we recall an event, the structure of that memory in the brain is altered in light of the present moment, warped by our current feelings and knowledge. At first glance, I find this research really unsettling. Because what does that mean about my own memories about my past? As a Jew... We're people who are deeply entrenched in our own narrative and our communal memory. But how accurate is our narrative and our memory if the research shows that when we remember, we're not tapping the past but recreating in the present? Even when it comes to the Torah, a document and a narrative that many of us think we remember so well. So I thought we would do a Torah quiz. Question number one, according to the Torah, who is the first man and woman? Adam and Eve, one for one, you're good so far. (laughs) Question number two, who is the first patriarch and matriarch of the Jewish people? Don't sound too enthusiastic, Abraham and Sarah. What was the name of their son? Good, three for three. Where were we slaves? Who brought us out of Egypt? When Moses stood at the sea and put his rod in the water and the sea split, was it day or night? If it's night, raise your hand. If it's day, raise your hand. Oy vey. We have a problem with our memory. It was night, in case you're wondering, it was nighttime. We have very proud people over here dancing. It's like the price is right here. Now the rabbis, they knew how our brains worked. And the fact that our individual memories were not accurate. And no, they did not know that all of our memories begin as a changed set of connections among the cells in one brain. And then if you're able to remember a moment, this moment, this sentence, where you're sitting at this very moment, It's because a network of neurons has been altered, woven together into an electrical fabric. They had no idea about this science, not a clue. But what they did know is that left to our own devices, we would recreate the past to have it reflect our present. They compensated for this by creating a system for us to communally recall our past through the annual public recitation of the Torah. When we read the Torah, there are very strict rules on how we read it. First, when a person is chanting, there's always at least one Gabi next to them. Tomorrow morning, if Marcia's feeling better, it'll be Marcia right there on my left. And she will be double-checking the reading with a set of vowels to make sure that the story that the reader is saying is 100% accurate to how it occurs in the text. Secondly, any time a person speaks off the cuff, or adds commentary, or shares something else that they wrote, we're required to roll the Torah back up and put the cover on top of it. So not to give the impression that the person's words... Are the words of the Torah, but rather her own words. So every Shabbat morning, when we create that communal memory based on our narrative, we, and by we I mean Jews all over the world, are trying to have the same experience. Now I need to be clear here. That does not mean that we we do not add new interpretations and understandings of the texts, that is encouraged. But we want to be sure that we make a delineation between what actually happened in the Torah and our individually created commentary on what actually happened in the Torah. That family event, that one you cannot get out of your head, that issue you had with that other person years and years ago, all of those memories are real even if they're not wholly accurate to how they actually occurred. What we need to be careful of is when we become consumed by our re-remembering of our past so we're not able to move forward and create new memories and build our lives the way we always dreamed they could be. There's a reason why we're constantly rolling the Torah forward into the future. There's a reason why when we get to the very end of the Torah... We roll it back and we revisit that narrative again and again and again every single year. We see the same text year after year, but as we change, our view of the text changes. Our view of our past changes. Our challenge as human beings is that we don't have a Torah of our own lives. That chronicles our narratives that led us from when we were that little kid being picked on, or that little kid uncontrollably laughing with joy, or the pain of being ignored, or the warmth of being loved. We don't have a text that chronicles our lives and experiences. We don't have a person standing right next to us making sure that we get the story right. And because of this, we need to be very, very careful in our own lives when we think and remember our past, that what we remember and experience is very real, but that our memory is colored by where we are in our current lives. And we can oftentimes become transfixed on one painful memory or experience, living it over and over again. And since we are so deep inside our own pictures, we will believe that the memory is exactly how it occurred when we went through that experience. And when this happens, it is not that we're stuck in the past, but that we're recreating and sometimes reinforcing our own present. Elie Wiesel, he was once asked by an interviewer, why did he seem to live in the past? And Elie Wiesel, he replied by saying, I don't live in the past. But what can I do? The past lives in me. Now there's a very big difference between living in our past and being aware that our past lives in us in the present, as we build toward our future. Many times I have seen people become stuck on a narrative from their past and analyze it over and over, hoping to peel back the layers of the onion to get to the truth. When at least according to the newest research, when we do this, we're not digging into our past, but rather we are recreating our memories and adding in a new narrative each Time we cycle. The challenge is that when this pattern happens, that seemingly endless loop can prevent a person from looking up and rolling their Torah to the next parsha. Now, the Gabai stands next to the reader to help them move forward if they get stuck on the Torah. In our own lives, our Gabai is our community and our communal calendar. The calendar, it has us march forward through the year, urging us to have conversations, to apologize, to use our present to create a beautiful future, not a recreation of our past. My prayer and my hope for each one of us is to use our memory to move forward, and to build a future in our own lives and in our communities. A future of shalom. A future of wholeness. A future of peace. Shabbat shalom.